What's going on everybody? Welcome back to another Batman News Weekly. We are your place for all the Batman goodness. This is episode 18 of season 1. We only got about two more episodes left in this year, ladies and gentlemen. Season 1 will be complete. We had a nice solid 20 episodes, which is totally pretty good in my opinion. That's awesome. Uh, but we have a kind of a comic book heavy week of Batman news here. Uh, but we do got some entertainment news. We do got a new Batman casting, which is going to be really good. But before we start, I got to talk about something that is very interesting. That is about one of Clay's most favorite people in the world, Brian Michael Bendis. You know, we're going to leave it like that. No, I'm not going to edit anything. So Clay wasn't recording at all. I'm not going to, I'm going to leave, I, you're probably listening to this messed up audio that's chopped up or whatever, but Clay is not paying attention <laughs> oh, to this audio recording anyways, I'm, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, Brian I'm Michael Bendis now. is his favorite I'm, person in the world, and that's what no, we're going to talk Stop. about. Okay? Stop it. Yes, he is. You talk about him more than you talk about your wife at this point. So, uh, <laughs> that's, yeah, I would say that's so. That's iffy. Uh, but anyways. Oh, uh, man. So, Brian Michael Bendis, the reason why I'm bringing him up, ladies and gentlemen, after that random-ass start to this podcast, uh, he blocked me on Instagram, which is very interesting, and I think I made Clay a little jealous, because Clay has been hoping to get blocked by him for the longest time, because he doesn't No, see, okay, okay, no, see, okay, I want to say something really You know you want to be blocked. You know you want to be blocked by him. Here's the thing. I don't want to get blocked. I want answers. I never want to get blocked by anybody. Because then... You're not like, going to get answers from him, though. Ever. But see, that's... I call... Like, I for a creator to answer every little fluffy rainbow question that everybody has for him and ignore the hard ones, that's complete bullshit. And so I want to ask the real questions that everybody's afraid to ask him. And so I started asking him today. Yeah. I asked him some but, questions... And if I don't get answers, you. Oh, I'm he's so pissed about that. He's never going to answer you because it, it's an ego thing. We're talking about a guy that has thrown people under the bus for saying covers are not ready or this is kind of messed up if this would have happened in other people's runs of current comic book characters that he's writing. And the same guy that says like, oh, you got to wait for Doomsday Clock when something doesn't make sense in his comic book. And it has no reference to anything else. He will not talk about negative stuff. And he doesn't do research. We know this. Like, we know this. And I've, I've come up with this hashtag that I thought was pretty just perfect for it. And it's Bendis is bad for business. And yes. the thing yes, is, and is. We're, we're, we're jumping into this. And if you guys that are listening to this podcast don't like Bendis, every time you tweet or something, put Bendis is bad for business. Because his sales are terrible. His sales yes. are terrible. And not he's only like, on Cat his... Catwoman is on- outselling him. Catwoman's Catwoman. outselling him. Uh, Superman, who is part of the Trinity, who is part of the Justice League, should be up there with Wonder Woman and Batman. Now, mm-hmm. I, I will say, Wonder Woman right now is not doing great in sales either. No. But they're trying to correct correct that, and that is going to be corrected. And soon, Wonder Woman will be selling more than Superman. That's just how it's going to be. And that will be a sure wake-up call to some people. And they need to realize this. His event, his event comic that he called an event that had no other book connected to it. He had an event all by himself. This is how pathetic this guy is. He had an event all by himself and it failed miserably. 
The only reason why it got the sales that it did yeah. is because his weird fans are buying both copies of the book. Mm-hmm. The A cover and the B cover. It's one of the only yeah. reasons why. The book fell flat on its face. The reveal was was freaking revealed three issues before the reveal even was shown in the comic book. And yeah. for some reason, freaking Bendis sees that as, oh, fans want more of this. Mm. No, it's saying, hey, this wasn't very hard to figure out. Yeah, like that's what that's what that means. Yeah, oh, I triggered. I don't know. I I've gotten off of that run. It is whatever. Ben, this is just whatever. I'm not gonna like. We're not gonna go to name calling here. Or I'm not. Clay can say whatever he wants. But my thing is, is just I don't like his writing. I said I've mentioned this many a times before. I've met Bendis before in person. Seemed like a very nice guy. He gave me some good tips about continuing to write. Blah 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 blah. But that I was before take I heart. really read anything. That's before I read anything that he had done with DC. <laughs> I had read some stuff in Marvel, but I will say that I am a Fairweather fan when it comes to Marvel comic books. I only give a shit about the X-Men. That's all I really care about. I like Spider-Man, but I don't read a lot of his stories. I think the Avengers are cool, but they ain't shit compared to the X-Men, in my opinion. I think the X-Men are the best characters that Marvel has. So that is what I've read, and the stuff I've read is not really Bendis stuff. So the only things I care about, like that I read that were his, I thought his stuff was okay. His Jessica Jones stuff I enjoyed. I thought that was kind of cool. But that was also the more adult Marvel X or whatever the hell it's called, Marvel Max or whatever the hell the series yeah. was. So mm-hmm. it was a little bit more entertaining and stuff like that in my opinion. But um, when he came to DC, one, and I had mentioned this before, I wasn't, I'm not a huge Superman fan. I like Superman. But I didn't know a lot about him, so when I was reading Bendis' early stuff, I was like, that's alright. I mean, it seems like it's hitting on Superman's, like, you know, aura or mythos or whatever. But again, I don't know all the ins and outs like I do Batman. <clears throat> and so, like, I didn't really, uh, it didn't really bother me when I was reading it, reading this stuff. But after six issues plus this Man of Steel or whatever, so let's just say ten issues... I was like, this story's not really going anywhere. It's boring. It's whatever. Then I jumped on before this podcast started. I jumped on Clay's podcast. He's like, hey, we have to review Superman 12. And I read it, and I was like, dude, this is the same thing that happened when I jumped off this damn series. What has happened in six months? because Bendis does not complete stories. He just sets up stories and then moves on to the next thing. This is what he's done for the past 18 issues on both action and on Superman. He is moving his action story to this stupid, like, one that is this a Leviathan based? Yeah, it's all Leviathan based, which he is switching to year the villains. So now one of the main villains in that is Lex Luthor, mm-hmm. but it's also Leviathan. But and Lex fighting Luthor each with. Other. The Lear the villain like stuff like is Martian yeah. Manor still inside him? But he just has a panel with Martian Manhunter. But like, he, but for some reason, Lex Luthor was and... always was always able to morph into regular Lex Luthor, like he did in this uh-huh. issue of the Truth just now. Okay. With Superman eighteen, like it, nothing makes sense. Nothing makes sense because Bendis doesn't know how to write stories. That's okay. That's just anyways. We're actually Bendising this story right now. Because the reason he freaking blocked me was because this is literally, I didn't cuss at him, guys. I didn't insult him. 
and maybe maybe some people can take this as insulting. You can let me know in the comments of the YouTube video or wherever you're listening to this. But all I did was I went to one of his posts on Instagram because I don't use Twitter anymore, although I used it today. But anyways, I don't use Twitter anymore. Instagram, I went over there. I was like, real talk, when are you getting off Superman? That is all I said. And then somebody else responded, and then I know Clay responded to that. And I, and, I said, not soon enough. Yeah, and that was it. He ends up blocking me... And he doesn't block Clay. And I was just like, what? And I found this out randomly because I wanted to go see. I was like, oh, what's Bendis posting? Because I don't have my, I don't have, I used to have a Back from the Box Instagram where I kept all my comic book stuff. But then I just hated having all of this just social media profiles. So I was like, I'm just going back to Juice from the Box and I keep it on one now. And I didn't follow all of the comic book creators I was following originally. And Bendis was one of them just because I wanted to see what craziness he was up to next. And, um, yeah, I, I couldn't find him. And then I told Clay, I was like, hey, I was like, what's Bendis' freaking Instagram account? And he was like, it's this. And I tried to find it, and I was like, dude, I can't find it. And I told him to send me a post, because you can do that on Instagram, and it says photo unavailable, meaning I've been blocked by Brian Michael Bendis. And um, I just thought this was really interesting because I, you know, I've heard stories that he is not somebody that can take criticism. He's somebody that surrounds him pe- he surrounds himself with yes people and people that just love his stuff. Yeah, and if he doesn't... you've ever listened to Word Balloon recently, yeah. he has had Q&As, but they take out any of the quote-unquote negative or critical questions and just ask or just get the questions that are all, you know, rainbows and sunshine. Yeah. And they have fun with it. Uh, he does not take criticism whatsoever. Um, I'm attempting to see if he does or not. And not to yeah. get blocked, I promise. The only person that I really wanted to get blocked by because it was funny was Rob Liefeld because he was which going I am com- blocked to block from as well. And I told I, him I, am, I was like, I'm blocked. Yeah, I am blocked by him because I said something about he was complaining about something about DC, and all I said was like, it's funny to hear this come from somebody that can't even draw feet, which is the most played out freaking joke you can tell him, and he blocked me for it. Like instantaneously blocked me for it, but I don't care because I think that guy's an asshole. And I know I think some people. I, I think I asked if I could get blocked, and I got blocked. Uh huh. Oh, just okay. because it, just because I thought it was funny, I was like, "Wait, you're blocking yeah. all these people for no reason? Can I get blocked?" And then next thing you know, I was blocked. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't think that guy's really there mentally anymore. Um, <laughs> and look, I I am somebody that I want to get into this space eventually. I do want to actually make comic books. So some people would say maybe you shouldn't be you know making these kind of comments if you want to get in that space. And that's true. I definitely see the uh, mindset when it comes to that. But at the same time, like I think. You should be able to get called out on your shit, especially if you're somebody as big as Brian Michael Bendis and you're able to change the whole just aspect of DC Comics right now. You should be Bendis able to take has been in this game. Bendis has literally been in this game for 20 plus years. Like yeah. you should know how all of this goes. Yeah. And, and I don't if know, he doesn't so... want to ride the wave, then he should get off, you know? Yeah. But, you know, just like Juice said, you know, we. You know, he is wanting to be a writer. I'm wanting to be a writer. We've bounced ideas off of each other and we've talked about this. And I just had this conversation with somebody on my uh, comic book Legion Slack chat. You know, somebody was saying the exact same thing to me, saying that I shouldn't, you know, be mean to these guys and that I should be, you know, looking forward to being their peers and everything else. The only thing that I'm worried about is having to clean up everybody's mess when I 
am going to be a writer. I don't want to clean up mess. I want to add it to the awesomeness of the DC universe. But when somebody like Bendis is trying to destroy the DC universe, I, I, I have to look at the fact that I may have to clean some of that up. And that yeah. sucks. Yeah, and it sucks. And we're going to get off this topic right now. But I do think if you are going to be somebody that's taking over a big... Unless you... If you're as prominent as he is on social media... And you do respond to actually viewers because I have been somebody that has taken a step back from commenting on some things when I was going through like some things in my life and stuff like that. It's okay to step back. But if if people are going to ask you stuff and you're controlling one of the biggest characters in the world, you should be able to answer questions and not just give BS answers every time. And uh, Tom King does it. Tom King got so much fire and so much flack for 50 that he was still talking to people. And Now, like, don't don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. People were sending him death threats, and he, yeah. and he, he had to get a bodyguard. That. He had to get a bodyguard, but he responded to those appropriately. He took action with that. I am not threatening to yeah. kill Bendis. Yeah, I'm just saying he's a horrible writer. Yeah, and people have that option. I've always come like, and this is for anything. This doesn't just come to writing. I think anybody once you put something out there for people to view and consume. It becomes something that they can critique. I will say this, though. Half of you people out there that are judging or critiquing stuff, a majority of you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I'm sorry. I'm going to put that out there, too. I think if you are somebody that has never written something in your life, you've never tried to do a lot of these things. Like, you've never even, like, been in-depth about things. It's okay to have your opinion, but if you're like, oh, my opinion's superior, but you've never done anything creative in your life... You might need to shut the fuck up sometimes. Like the people that responded to me on Twitter and then immediately blocked me. Yeah, like, and I know we're getting a little crazy here, but it's it's whatever. Like, that's my biggest thing is I like to take criticism from people that have done things. That's like getting life advice from somebody that has a shitty life. Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) They're like, hey, man, let me tell you about how you have a good relationship because after I got my divorce, like, blah, blah. You know what? Like, that's the worst kind of information that you can take from freaking people. And so, like, it's okay to criticize people, but you need to make sure your criticism is legit and actually makes sense. Not just like, I hate you because freaking Batman shouldn't have emotions or blah, 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 blah. Like, that is bullshit criticism, okay? So, if you are going to be criticism, like, you're going to fucking talk shit about stuff like that, be actually, have shit that makes sense, is what I'm just trying to say. Anyways, we're going to get off of that. And we're going to go to some freaking Batman movie news because the day after we recorded... I think that maybe it was the day we recorded. No, the day after we recorded, we got another casting for a mystery character. And it's Peter Sarsgaard, right? Yes. Not Sar- Scars, not Scar, Scar, yeah. but Sarsgaard. Guard. Yes. I only know him from freaking Garden State. That is the only movie I know him from. I've never seen him in anything else. But he's if a pretty ever, solid if- actor. If you've ever seen the original Green Lantern with Ryan Reynolds, he was the bad guy. Yeah. He wasn't Sinestro, was he? No. No, no, no. Sinestro wasn't the main bad guy. Yeah. I don't know. The main bad guy was that weird dude with a really large head. Oh, what? Oh, man. No. It was terrible. Do it. Do it. It was terrible. Just just for the funnies. Just just do it. Just do it. You need to do it, Juice. I can't. Yes. I can't do it. Yes. So bad. Every single time that movie is on TV... I don't no. own it, but every single time that movie is on TV, I always put it on and I always watch it. No, I can't. I don't know why. I don't um, know why. I just always. Do. I feel like that was. <laughs> I feel like that was peak douchebag Ryan Reynolds before his personality was cool. 
You know what I mean? Uh, that, yeah. 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 That's how I feel. Um, because I used to not really be a big fan of Ryan Reynolds. I always just thought he was a douche. But now I'm like, oh, it's kind of charming. <laughs> now. Because he was Deadpool. <laughs> so that's just like, I feel like he was able yeah. to shift that. So a lot of people are assuming the roles that Peter could be playing. A lot of mm-hmm. people are looking back at his uh, his wife's Instagram yeah. post, which is uh, her name is uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal. Maggie Gyllenhaal or Rachel. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, she posted something that said in the middle of a shave, and it was half of his head. Mm-hmm was completely shaved off. People are saying that could be Two-Face, yeah. you know, having a little play on words there, or quite possibly um, the psychiatrist. Oh, my gosh. Uh, oh, Hugo Strange. Hugo Strange. Which I would I would be down with that, although lately he has been more of an Asian-American, which is kind of cool, in my opinion. Yeah, um, for sure. This movie for sure. does need a little bit more diversity, because I know people are like, what are you talking about? Half the cast is black. No, no, that ain't diversity, people. Diversity is a bunch of different ethnicities in a movie. Um, yes, this we've right had now is this conversation black and white. before. Yeah, we, yeah, we've, we've had, had this conversation, conversation about you know not just having black and white is diversity. Yeah. You need multiple uh, ethnicities and, and things like mm-hmm. that. Uh, I've also heard, uh, no, well, not not that I also heard. We actually had this discussion that he would mm-hmm. probably play a good uh, Harvey Bullock. Yeah, I think he would be awesome for Harvey Bullock, uh, especially yeah. especially if he's going to be asshole Harley, Harvey Bullock that might have an issue with Gordon because maybe he's black. Maybe that's an issue. You can put that under there. Maybe they could be best friends and they don't care or whatever. And maybe you could also have Harvey Bullock if you wanted to have a cool situation. Maybe somebody does talk shit to Gordon because he's black and Harvey steps up for him. He's like, what the hell, bitch? punches him in the face or whatever you know exactly like that would be kind of cool like they're best friends but he defends him because like you can't talk shit to the commission you know boom that would be kind of cool um because yeah the the race thing kind of sucks every once in a while but it is something we're definitely gonna be talking about later in this podcast because of a new batman writer um but uh yeah so i don't personally i hope he's not harvey dent um just because i'm still holding out for oscar isaac as harvey (laughs) dent I really want him. Somebody threw that out there a long time ago. He needs some nah, redemption because of freaking Mr. Apocalypse. Miracle. He needs some he is, hardcore. Yes, yeah. Well, Miracle. that would be cool if if it's him and what's her name? Uh, I only know her as Brianna Tarth. I don't know her actual name, but the chick from Game of Thrones, um, yeah. who was like the first knight in that. She, them, she's Big Barda. He's Mr. Miracle. That would be awesome. But I feel like they're gonna go younger for those roles. So um, she might still be Big Barda, but I feel like they might go younger for Mr. Miracle um, because I think Oscar Isaacson is late 30s or early 40s already. So, yeah, I think so. I'm not too sure. But so I wouldn't mind him being Two-Face because he plays a good villain. Um, you know, uh, he should have looked better as Apocalypse and he should have been a multi-villain. But, uh, you know, Fox was in control of that. So it's whatever. But anyways, yeah. that is the uh, news that we got for the Batman. Oh, also... Uh, this there's a new convention out there, ladies and gentlemen, that nobody's oh. heard of, but apparently Ooh. it is massive that we so, don't even know so, about, and it's called CCXP. If you saw the Wonder Woman trailer this past weekend, which I thought was amazing, I had reacted to it. Go check out Juice Reacts. Uh, this this new convention is apparently bigger than Comic Con, which kind of blows so my mind. So I was gonna I was gonna say that. So uh-huh. they did. I've read some reports. I've been listening to podcasts ever since mm-hmm. then. And their numbers are insane. I can't, like, yeah. I don't have them in front of me. 
but they the said... The auditorium looked insane. Yeah, it yeah. is much bigger than San Diego. Okay. It makes, it makes San Diego look like Alamo City. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Basically, how they, like, in the range of how they described yeah. it, that's uh-huh. in my mind, like, oh, crap. But it makes things a little interesting, especially for next year, because mm-hmm. Matt Reeves did have a video on the Wonder Woman panel, or on the WB panel, saying yeah. that he will be there next year to debut some Batman stuff. Now, yeah. this... Doesn't mean I, it's a trailer. I, doesn't mean it's doesn't a trailer. Mean... I, I did tell Juice that this may be the new home for WB. Yeah. And honestly, if everybody else was smart, they should do the exact same thing. Because yeah. Brazil is so big and CCXP is so big, they don't care if they do a live stream like they did with Wonder Woman. Yeah. They want people to know how awesome their convention is, how big and ecstatic. They had freaking, like, pyrotechnics on stage for, yeah. like, the WB, uh, like, sizzle reel for what they have in store for the next few mm-hmm. years and, like, all sorts of stuff. So I think... What city that, was it in? Do you know? Was it in Sao Paulo? I, I have no clue. I'll have to look that up. But yeah. I think that San Diego definitely needs to either bring up their A game Mm-hmm. for what's in store for next well, year. Well, W already said that they're coming back in 2020. So yes, they did. They I wouldn't did. be surprised if they get the first trailer, like or the first glimpse of it or something. Like they're dropping something Batman at WB or at oh, I, at, I, uh, at Alamo uh, City. Uh, and Alamo at, City. San Diego Comic-Con. At San Diego, yes. Yeah. But I I like with how much energy the people yeah, at CCS had it was so awesome. The camera uh, angles were better. Like I, I actually loved the live stream. Like it was pretty awesome. That was actually done at night as well. So apparently there was a panel, I guess, during the day, and they went back at night to do that because I wow. was following Gal Gadot. Because why wouldn't you follow such a beautiful woman on Instagram? I was following her. She posted like eight hours before that. Like, oh, just saw the trailer for the first time. We're just doing this. She's like, can't wait for tonight. So they oh, did no, that no. at so- night. So they had rehearsals. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't. Like, but she was posting that like eight hours before they actually did that. Yeah, but they they rehearsed it. So it's yeah. like a performance. It's not no, like yeah. just like hey, let's go out there, let's talk to the people. Well, Comic Con do does this. that too. They do. Yeah. Like okay, yeah, okay, 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 that, okay. That's how I got into the Justice League one. Is the guy that was doing? They do the rehearsals the night before. So because uh, they do like okay, these okay. like curtains move and things come down and they do all this kind of stuff. That one looked crazier because it looked like it was in a massive auditorium. I will say that that I've never heard of this convention before. And neither has a friend of mine who buys pops from like every convention. And I was like, hey, was there any exclusives from this thing? But I will say after seeing the Wonder Woman thing, I'd be like, I'd be down to go. I've always wanted to go to Brazil. But at the same time, Brazil is kind of scary as hell sometimes. Yeah, it's, it's, so, it's a little sketchy right now. Yeah, so, so I'm just like, we'll mm, see. they have a very you know Trumpian type president there too. So I'm kind of like, oh, yeah. I'm worried about going to countries <laughs> like that. I mean, I I would I want to go visit Mexico and that shit scares me. And I'm fucking Latino. So, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's crazy. But I want to do some research into it because I would definitely love to go down to Brazil. And if it's for a convention and uh, shit like that, that would be really dope. Uh, but yeah, so... That is the Batman news that we have. Uh, you can definitely expect that sometime next year. Uh, but going on from that, we have a new artist that is going to be joining on the Batman comic book. So uh, well, this before is actually... before we go into the comic stuff, uh, uh-huh. you know, I know you haven't watched the Crisis, 
Some things mm-hmm. have been spoiled for you. Yeah. Uh, but we did. I don't really talk care, to... to be honest. Yeah. So. Uh, but we did uh, notice that there are uh, some things that are attached to a multiverse of the DC shows. Yeah. Uh, with Crisis going on, there was a Titans uh, mm-hmm. cameo in there. Uh, the two. Do you mind if I say the two characters? Spoiler yeah, go for it. For did you see? Yeah. We'll, did we'll you hear through. that that was the old footage that got deleted from the finale? Oh, really? That's what people are saying. That it's the old footage from the original finale that they're using for that, and that somehow they're gonna spin it off of that was a different Earth with Titans on it, and that's why that finale is different or whatever than that's what crap. is currently happening. That's crap. Yeah, it's bullshit. Because I can tell yeah. you right now that ending with them mm-hmm. seeing like, like, well, I don't know how exactly uh, mm-hmm. the CW is is going to like really take care of the other earths because technically yeah. not all of them can be destroyed because mm-hmm. we have a season three of titans yeah like if there was an ending to titans that the red skies just come came out of nowhere and then everybody died you would have been mm-hmm. like what the fuck is going on yeah and then i i still think that would have been a better ending than what we had yeah, to be I honest. Well, at the same time, I mean, this—the only way this crisis event should end—is with one combined Earth with every single thing, and people get erased, people show up, blah 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 blah. Like that's the only way I think this should happen. And then you can pull the bullshit card of like, oh yeah, everything that's happening on DC Universe is post-crisis. Like you can literally just say that and just say everything you saw during Crisis was just those worlds getting destroyed, and these are all the new people. Like you can pull that oh. bullshit card. I didn't so, even think about that. That's creative. Yeah, I mean, uh, bravo. yeah, you can literally do that. Thank you. Hire me, DC, because uh, your endings are shit for your DC Universe shows. Um, but I love everything else, but the, your endings are trash. Uh, did you see that meme I posted of freaking Robin uh, and uh, yeah. Ravager? You sent it to yeah. me. You sent it to me first, and then you yeah. posted it. Yeah, yeah, that shit was hilarious. So anyways, uh, so, they, uh, so as Clay was going to say, the two people that you see in... The crisis were Hawk, Hawk, and, and Jason Robin. Todd. Yeah, uh, yeah. And did they just? It was a quick thing, and then their Earth got destroyed. Yeah, you, I haven't seen like, the crossover, by the way, guys. You you see them so. kind of wince at like a bright light, and then they disintegrated. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, I still think it's cool just because it's a cameo. You know, CW is literally pulling from everywhere. Um, yeah. There is references to Batman eighty nine, Birds of Prey, the old TV show. Yeah, I all saw that. sorts of different things. Um, and a quick glimpse of a cameo of a Watchmen billboard advertising mm-hmm. the show that's on HBO Max. I mean, well, nice. just HBO. Yeah. And so they're really trying to really pull a lot of stuff. That's pretty and cool. So I like that. I, I genuinely think it's cool. And I think that, you know, instead of treating everything like it's an Arrowverse, I just think that WB and DC should treat all of their DC properties like a multiverse. Yeah. So there is a possibility that they they could be connected in some you know more ways than others yeah uh, but yeah you know just wanted to throw that out there we we have reviewed titans before in the past just wanted to throw that yeah. out there i uh, just posted a uh star girl reaction on my juice reacts channel um it's today's salty day i think i'm just really salty today like and i just want to talk <laughs> shit about stuff because apparently i i thought it felt very cw i didn't like it everybody in the comments you know it's just whatever um, but I just felt like, it, I don't know. I, I'll, I just... I'll, I'll probably give it the same treatment as I gave 
Batwoman and mm-hmm. Supergirl. I'll go I'll watch with, a couple episodes. I'll, I'll give it three to five episodes. Yeah. Also, so. I heard um, that this crossover, since I'm not watching it, you can clarify it. I hear they're not doing the like the Nazi one where it was all one story. They're kind of still doing that pandering to each episode kind of for the characters. Uh, kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Uh, because, I hate that. you know, each each episode is heavy towards that character. Yeah. Um, so they are doing it this season. Mm-hmm. I really liked it on uh, Crisis on Earth X because they treated each part as a part instead of an episode. Yeah. So I hope they change it up a little bit coming, you know, you know, January. the next event. No, the next event, because this will this is definitely Doesn't this end in January. It does end in January. Uh, uh-huh. It'll end uh, with the Arrow episode and the mm-hmm. lead, uh, the Legends of Tomorrow, but they are on the same day, so it's like boom, oh, okay. just finish it right then and there. Interesting. Yeah, I've had no interest in watching this, to be honest, man. Like, uh, I thought I would, I'd be more into it. I don't care. <laughs> like, I genuinely, I, I don't. will say, especially I will with, say with Watchmen being so good right now. Like, oh, oh dude, man, yeah, I, that's oh, what that's the God. kind of TV I want to watch right now. Like, Watchmen's so good right now. That was such a good last episode. Mm-hmm. I just like yeah. so great, so great. Yeah, we're not but gonna spoil anyway. that show for you guys, but watch. <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, no, no, it's for good. sure, go watch it. Uh, but we were gonna talk about uh, some new Batman-related comic book stuff. You were talking about yes. the new artist. Mm-hmm. That new artist being George Jimenez, really, really popular artist recently for his stuff with Scott Snyder mm-hmm. on Justice League. Uh, he did the sun dip Superman in the sixth dimension, made me cry at work. Lorraine <laughs> yeah, and Juice did. both made fun of me for it, and it was yep. amazing. I absolutely loved it. Um, it is a but great se- panel. But uh, seeing him on Tinian's Batman run to 100, it's really awesome. It looks like there's going to be three artists, one for each arc for Batman until 100, and we do have a little bit of news on 100. Yeah. But, you know... Having George Jimenez on here with the combination of uh, Tomu Murray, which me and you mm-hmm. both love his colors on any book that yeah. he touches. He's uh, the, the best colorist in comic books right now. I, I think so. Him and Sinclair. Uh, Sinclair yeah. is the guy. Oh, uh, but he's just OG. Like, he's just already yeah. surpassed greatness. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. But, you know, yeah. this is just really cool news because he has a really unique art style. He has a lot of influences with anime. Um, yeah. And so you can really tell... Which is the Superman with, panel, which was yeah, it's Goku. Oh, with, yeah. yeah, basically uh, Father-Son Kamehameha. It mm-hmm. was amazing. Still makes yeah. me like, oh. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, I'm really glad that he's going to be a part of this run. It, it is actually changing a lot of people's minds from dropping mm-hmm. Batman uh, to yeah, know, I'm gonna keep it back it on their bullets. for now. So... Yeah, so it's, I'm gonna it's, give it a few really issues awesome. still, but um, I I actually might just keep it till 100 for sure. But then I have to give the loot. Yeah, you know, we'll talk about it in a little bit. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we got George Jimenez uh being on Batman. It go follow him on Instagram if you want to see his art. He posts a lot of art every once in a while. The it's man is Superman guy. himself. Yeah, I was yeah, gonna say he is like, literally yeah, like. He's, yeah, he's he's crazy. He works out a lot. It's insane, and I, so I don't know how the time how he finds time for all that. 
Um, but he's like, he'll go out to like beaches and shit and be drawing and then fucking working out and stuff. Like it's, it's weird. It's insane, but he's, uh, he's awesome. Uh, you get to go see the new Batman thing that he posted. The only issue I have with it is Catwoman looks really sad in this. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why is she sad? So I hope they're not going to be just basically destroying Tom King's work. I hope that's not the case because Batcat's still going to be happening at this time. So I will, I will give a little bit of insider. I don't know if you read the solicits for this Mm -hmm. announcement that was uh george jimenez was going to be jumping on but i did read there is going to be a introduction to a new villain in gotham and he Mm -hmm. like recruits all of the other villains and somehow catwoman is involved as well as harley quinn but Mm -hmm. it looks like harley quinn and catwoman are both teaming up with batman so they are i think just playing the part to that story so three-way we Um... will see yeah. Okay. So that'll be interesting. I just like I said, Tom King's story is not complete, and you know they're bumping him to Batcat. So I just don't want that to be ruined. Uh, and it would be bullshit if somebody's like, "Whoa, whoa he's the new Batman writer. He should be able to do whatever he wants." DC is notorious for saying certain people can't use certain characters. So I don't think they should be messing up with any dynamics of Batman and Catwoman. Uh, use her as a decoy or whatever for sure, but you shouldn't be basically. Tinian shouldn't be messing with the relationship at all. It should just be Tom King's doing that. Like, just make sure they're together this whole time you're doing your 100 pages or whatever. Um, Because other people have jumped into that. Like, I thought that, um, oh, man, what's his name? The guy that wrote Grayson with Tom King. I'm forgetting his name. I think he's a fantastic writer. Uh, Uh, Seeley? Seeley, yes, Tim Seeley. He's working for Valiant Um, right now. Yeah. I loved how he wrote Catwoman in the freaking um what did they call them before the wedding the pre-wedding the, issues the, or the, whatever yeah the yeah uh, it was a bunch of one shots um with every family of that family crap. Um, yeah, yeah. but he he wrote catwoman and he had this just amazing freaking uh issue with damien talking to catwoman and they had this just amazing conversation so i feel like if you can add to that then none of that didn't mess up the story at all so if tinian wants to do stuff like that adding to the relationship i'm totally fine with it but not like oh we're gonna break up now because uh, things are bad like I, that would just be bullshit you know what i mean so i'm really hoping that doesn't happen uh but i'm, I'm down with jimenez being on this i mean tony daniels looks like he's drawing some pretty badass stuff we have been hit or miss with his artwork uh, especially on Batman, but um, I mean, this looks like they're gonna have some solid people working on this book. So I hope yeah. uh, the story's just as good. Yeah, even um, though I still think that that Tinian got a little bit cut underneath his his you know cut at the knees with oh he got the shaft hard with yeah. them shutting the you know they were gonna give him monthly, but instead they mm-hmm. wanted to wait until a hundred, so they gave him uh, biweekly still, and so I still think he got cut under uh you know what's that phrase uh cut at the knees because yeah. he has to speed up his story a little bit but yeah. i digress let's go ahead and get to batman 100 news yeah so you can go ahead and do this because you've actually read the article so go ahead and lead off on this and i'll give my thoughts on it yeah so this is not official this is only mm-hmm. like the article says gossip this is rumor um but like we've said in the past bleeding cool did break this so I think that we should take it with a grain of salt, but they have been correct for the past few things, you know, yeah. in the in the last few months. But they're the ones the, that broke the Tom cool the Tom King article, if you guys don't remember, yeah. um, that he was leaving Batman. So yeah, 
So the new Oscar-winning writer of Batman from number 100 onwards, as Luke Fox replaces Bruce Wayne, is John Ridley the Fourth. Now, mm-hmm. if you you know think, oh man, why is that name so familiar? He is a screenwriter for Hollywood. He has written movies like Twelve Years a Slave. He's also been a showrunner on TV series uh, American Crime. He's done a documentary called Let It Fall. Um, But he has a DC book called The American Way. And Mm -hmm. this was a DC slash Wildstorm title. Uh, Now, I haven't had the chance to read it, but I have heard of it before. So Was it good? Did anybody say if it was good or not? I can't remember, to be completely honest. Um, He has also written a DC title called The Other History of the DC Universe, which mm-hmm. was pulled from solicitations and scheduled at DC Comics. Uh, potential over conflict with a previous greenlit pitch from Michael Davis. I don't know who that is. Yeah, but this guy, I will say, uh, we will say this because we did uh, mention uh, you know things about diversity. Mm-hmm. This is a person of character of of color. Uh, he is black. He is probably like we said at work. He is probably yeah. the first person of color to write the main solo batman title yeah that doesn't mean a person of color hasn't written batman before but we're talking about the main title that is going to be there for a good amount of time yes yeah now like the article says from 100 onward he is going to be writing 100 and then it's going to be resolicited after for number one assumingly that it goes along with 5g now, yeah. like the title also says, it will not be Bruce Wayne. It'll be Luke Fox. Now, mm-hmm. we've talked about this before. We think that if it's written well, it can do well. But we will see how 5G goes. We still have yeah. very little details on when 5G is truly coming about or what it really means for that You know, 5G at all because... You know, once it was released, they said that they make make some changes due to the backlash of the announcement. Yeah. So we're still in the dark because of all this. Yeah. But- so uh, one thing we we talked about at work was uh, we thought with the Luke because we know we unfortunately with this situation of they're gonna be a black Batman. You know, people are gonna talk shit and be like, "Oh, you should never change Batman. Batman should always be white because of this and that." Um, I think the you can make an argument for Bruce, you shouldn't change Bruce Wayne's ethnicity for just the sake of changing it. I think that's kind of dumb. If you were ever going to change Batman's, like, going from black to white or whatever, or white to black is what I should say, uh, it should be like this. It should be another character taking over the mantle. I think that's the only way you should ever change characters is it's okay if you want to change it like they did it with Captain America. They've done it with other characters before. You do it by telling a good story to why they take over the mantle. That has yet to be seen with this yet. We don't know if we're going to be getting a good story leading up to why this is happening, Um, but we hope for it. We hope for a good story because, you know, me and Clay have said this many a times, we want diversity in comics. We definitely want it. We want representation, but at the same time, we want a good story so this this doesn't just unfortunately look like a token move, as some people would say. And um, so I'm, I'm rooting for this. I'm rooting for people to like Luke Fox, I will say this is going to be a huge uphill battle. There's definitely going to be people that are going to drop this book just because of that, which is very unfortunate. 
But at the end of this, or I should say, at, you know, with all this coming together, I think hiring a person of color is the only move to actually lead this new black Batman into the future. Because if you were to hire a white guy to do this, it just doesn't make sense. You know, Batman's been white for 80 years. We're finally going to have a black Batman. You should have a black writer to know those struggles. Now, speaking of struggles, we can 100% guarantee that there is going to be some race issues in this book. And I think there should be. Because I talked about this at work with Clay is it makes sense. We do have a lot of cops in Gotham that don't like Batman. Not everybody's like Gordon. I mean, even Bullock knows about Batman, but he still doesn't like Batman sometimes. And when it comes to Batman being black now, race issues automatically are going to come into this. Some cops are probably going to hate him just for the color of his skin. And I think those stories can be told. They shouldn't dominate the narrative, but they should definitely you know, have an issue here, have an issue there. And just have stuff like that happen. But I think at the end of this, the only thing that really worries me about this is one, I didn't know this guy actually had wrote a comic book before, so I'm interested in reading it. And I want to see if it's on DC Universe. Um, but uh, sometimes going from screenplays to comic books do not transfer very well. So uh, I'm kind of worried about that. And I'm kind of worried about, like, if they really know what Batman is and like the history of Batman and being able to portray the idea of Batman in this coming issues or in their coming issues. Um, the one plus I guess he does have on his side is we don't really know a lot about Luke Fox. We don't know a lot about the history of Luke Fox. So he could kind of get a fresh slate. It's not like he's writing Bruce Wayne. He's writing Luke Fox who hasn't had, he's like kind of like cyborg to be honest. Like, He doesn't have a lot of backstory. People want to know about these characters from time to time, but they've never gotten the chance to. So he kind of has a clean slate. I don't think Luke Fox personally has a set personality like Superman does, Diana has, Bruce Wayne has. So, um, you know, he's this is probably one of the best situations he can walk into. But uh, I just hope that it's not a, you know, screenwriter coming in thinking it's the same kind of format and just kind of going all over the place with the story and not making compelling, um, you know, not having it be a compelling story. So, yeah. For sure. My my big thing is that he's coming in on issue 100. He's coming into 100, which will probably be a oversized issue to explain yeah. why Luke Fox is going to be taking the mantle. And I think that's how it'll go. Yeah, Or maybe. they will delay you know, issue 100 or at least issue one for the 5G plan to take place. And then it all makes sense once issue number one comes about. So my, my only issue is the execution towards Luke Fox is, is how I like, I really need to see that solidified Mm -hmm. and like, it makes sense for me to be like, okay, I'm down for this. Let's do it. But you know, that's not until another almost a year from now. So, Well, no. I mean, well, yes and no, I guess. We won't see how good Luke Fox is. But we already know that Tinian's going to sprinkle him in there. 
because now that Alfred's dead, we know that Lucius Fox is coming in to start helping Batman. And apparently in that storyline, we're going to have Luke Fox in the background. For some reason, they released like some MMA photo of him. I guess he's a prize fighter now or something like that. I don't really know. Is that an I old think photo? That was, I think that's an older photo. Okay, so then that's an older photo. But anyways, uh, a correction there. But with the storyline, apparently it's going to be Luke Fox is worried about his dad because of what happened to Alfred. He doesn't want what happened to Alfred to happen to his dad, so he's going to be urging him to actually like not help out Bruce. But at the same time, Lucius is going to be like, somebody needs to take Bruce's place eventually. Why not you? And so that's kind of building the seeds, but you still need to make it be a really good story to actually make it believable. And we'll just have to wait and see. Um, but yeah, those are some of the biggest Batman news Things that are going to be happening, new artists joining on the team, and new writer at Batman 100, which will more than likely be a sneak preview in 100, in my opinion. It'll still yeah, be probably. teeny story. It'll probably be like kind of like Batman 1000, maybe. Maybe they'll have a bunch of different writers. Maybe Tom King will do a little thing. Maybe uh, whatever, whatever. Um, yeah. We'll see. I mean, because now it looks like Tom King's run is going to go into 2021 now, if we do it monthly. So um, And it starts in March, so it would probably end in March of the following year. Not so sure. we'll see what happens there. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, I'm excited, but we'll see if it, you know, if they stick the landing. Uh, but sticking in the comic realm, we have three issues that we're going to kind of breeze by real quick. Because one, I didn't read two of these and Clay didn't read the one I actually read. <laughs> so um, we're going to start off with Batman's Grave, which is a book I've already dropped. I don't care about it anymore. This is the Warren Ellis, right? Yes. Warren yes, Ellis written book. Um, it's uh, dealing with just some like crazy. We still don't Batman's know. trying to find a mystery. Yeah, yeah. There's like it. We thought it was gonna be him trying to find this mystery killer, but apparently he found him in the end of issue one. They fought for twelve pages, and of then the story ended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It ended with like another mystery. It's like we gotta find this thing. And I already don't care about the story. And apparently, you said in issue three, there's another huge fight scene. Yeah, so, you know, we start off with a big back and forth between Alfred and Bruce. Almost like how it, the book ended in issue two. Mm -hmm. Now, the only problem with this is the way Alfred and Bruce conversate, like I said earlier when we uh, were off air... It's very old talk. It's very language is very old, and so yeah. it is speaking to Warren Ellis's age, unfortunately. And so yeah. the snapback, which he's only in his fifties, he's only in his fifties. I will, I will say, but just the way it is executed doesn't really hit well with the yeah. times now. And you know, he goes, you know, he he finds his investigation going towards this gentleman's mansion. He goes in there to do mm -hmm. some investigation, and as soon as he goes into the study of this mansion, somebody clotheslines him from above. They do a, they you know they tussle, they do whatever, and it lasts eight pages, eight complete mm -hmm. pages. Uh, Bruce is able to grab something off the desk of the study and then run out. Now, this is, I I I will admit. I read it twice. I still don't know what's going on. <laughs> uh, and out of all the books to read twice, you read that one. I know for real. 
but but again, one thing that I will say is very clever of Warren Ellis and Brian Hitch, just like in the first issue, how Bruce puts himself in the victim's state of mind before the death. Mm-hmm. He does this again with this victim of the mansion. He talks about the pills and all of this stuff on the desk and about how he is, uh, the guy is right-handed or no, the guy is left-handed, but he doesn't want to make it look like an actual like suicide. So he grabs the gun with his right hand. Yeah. And it, like at first you see this, you know, obese looking gentleman. And then all of a sudden it turns into Bruce. So he is, you know, basically acting out the scene of this murder or this suicide. Yeah. So just visually mm-hmm. it looks cool. And I would like, like, I would like this part of the story and more of the main title stuff, whether it be detective yeah. or Batman, because it's a really interesting concept. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it doesn't do anything for me because I'm still not invested in the story. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. And it, it leaves me wondering like, What's going to happen for the next nine, nine issues. issues? For the next nine months, yeah, we're going to yeah. get this story. And because it's a Batman title, I'm still going to be interested in reading it, but I'm not going to be interested in buying it. Yeah, no, I definitely dropped it from my pool list. And at the same time, uh, we have a new... By the way, this episode might be a little weird because we don't have our materials to actually go back and read this stuff. Our books got taken away from us uh, from the instance. We're, we're going through some issues on trying to get these books settled right now. So we're going off memory, pure memory on this right now. And um, yeah, I didn't even read three. I'm not going to buy three. So I'm already <laughs> lost. So I, you know, that's kind of unfortunate for me. But I'll skim through four, you know, when it comes back around. Uh, but yeah, they lost me at two. And uh, that's very hard when it comes to Batman books. I'm somebody that actually gives Batman books a chance. You lost me at two, Warren Ellis. Uh, be a little bit more like John Carpenter, who's 20 years older than you. He's amazing. Um, for comic books. Right? Everything else, excuse me. Eh, well, that's a little different. Um, but now we're going to go to another old guy that a lot of people have some interesting thoughts about. That uh, me, I think me and Clay can agree that, I don't know how, well actually, we can agree for his current stuff that's come out lately, we do not like it. I've enjoyed his older stuff, like his old classic stuff. Don't know about you. But we're going to be talking about Frank Miller, ladies and gentlemen. So um, he came out with a book that, uh, yeah, this is something. It's called Batman Dark Knight Returns the Golden Child? Yes. The longest title in the world. Um, And it is fucking weird. Like, it It, is the most fucking as weird book ever. Of course, it deals with the stories of the Dark Knight, Mm -hmm. you know. The Dark Knight, Dark Knight Returns, uh, the Master Race, everything. This is all one story. His well, universe, not, basically. His universe, not one story, yeah, but his universe. The Millerverse. And I, I can't remember, is, does Lois and Superman have a child, or does Wonder Woman? No, Wonder Woman. Okay, okay so this is funny, because I literally was talking about how I, was, I wanted to do those list videos, and I was talking about the weirdest shit that's happened in Batman books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, Lois, and not Lois, it's Superman and Wonder Woman fly around the world, like, fucking in different spots. Like, they're just, like, yeah, oh, yeah, going yeah. through the sea and going up in the air, and, like, they're just having sex, like, while flying around into all these crazy places, and they make a super baby. 
and yeah, she's this, in this, and this book. Yeah. She is in this book. She is a teenager. Yeah. But there is a second child. Which looks dumb as fuck. So imagine... Uh, an Oompa Loompa. Yes. Imagine, <laughs> yes. An, imagine an Oompa Loompa <laughs> with... No, no. Do you know what it is? An Oompa Loompa. Loompa. No, no, no. Do you remember Ed and Nettie? Yeah. Okay, do you remember how when they put the jawbreaker in their mouth, their head got like mm-hmm. 17 times bigger? Yeah. That's it right there. Yeah, with an emo haircut. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, he. this is the most Uma, like evil emo Uma, Oompa Loompa UFC. Like, it's yeah. just really it is, weird. I was like, It is yeah. so weird. Now, yeah. the artist is, uh, oh my not, gosh. Not Ramita uh, Jr., but somebody that's very similar to him. I can look him yeah. up right so, now. I'll because... talk about the book while you look it up. Uh, because yeah, so in this book, uh, one thing that was very crazy, Clay told me about this because apparently it came out on Friday with all our other books. We didn't even pay attention to it. He was like, Hey, did you know that the golden child was in the book? We try to talk about everything on this podcast that is Batman related. And, uh, this was a new book by Frank Miller, which whether you like him or not, he still sells, I think. And he's got a name recognition, but, uh, this was just really weird. Uh, Clay was like, dude, there's a lot of Trump in this book. Which was insane because I was like, what? And uh, so, yeah, Trump is all over this place. Apparently, I just read an article before we got on here that um, Greta Gerwig, is, I think her name is, or Greta, yes. the, the climate activist young lady. Greta she is Thunberg. Thunberg, there you go. She's uh, actually, the, the, the article was that she's in Frank Miller's uh, Golden Child and she's on the new york times or the times cover today so yeah, she's in two the, different books she she is like the uh, person of the year or whatever for time yeah. but the so, artist um, is mm-hmm. his name is rafael grampa g r a m p a grampa yeah but it is very like it is Ramita very Jr. frank miller ramita junior esque yeah now i will say yeah, it was. It's not the best. The it's better than Ramita Junior. To be honest, like it's, if I it's had to better, pick one, I'd pick this over Ramita Juniors. It's better than Juniors. Yeah, I personally, when I saw the art style for just the concept art of the Batgirl or Batwoman, I thought, mm-hmm. okay, that looks cool. And then I saw the writer, and I'm like, oh yeah, no, I'm not gonna read this. Yeah, was yeah. basically it. Um. Yeah, so it's very interesting because it is a very heavy political book. I mean, like I said, Trump is all over this thing. Like, there's protesters that are protesting Trump, and then I guess Joker goons come out to beat them up. And yeah, because Joker is pro Trump. Yes, the Joker and Dark Side. Somebody who yeah, has which is nothing the most to do combination. This the the one entity that has nothing to do with Earth politics is endorsing mm-hmm. trump yeah it's weird yeah super weird and it's the reason why we didn't read this is not because we didn't want to give you guys like the best i guess discussion we could on this is one we literally didn't find about this till today we didn't look at all the <laughs> books we didn't we weren't it, this wasn't on our radar to read this because i would have definitely been like let's read it let's discuss it but at the same time too i didn't see it until i got to work and it was 50 plus pages and the yeah. first page had so much dialogue on it. I was like, I can't read this. I'm just going to skim through every <laughs> single page. And so that is why we're not able to review the review, blah, 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 discuss this thing in full. 
But at the same time, this really comes down to if you like Frank Miller, you love everything he does, you're probably going to like this book. I like old Frank Miller stuff. I love Sin City. I'm a big fan of that. I thought 300 was cool. Uh, I loved Batman Year One, and I even liked The Dark Knight Returns. That's where it ends. Everything else has not been something that I want to read. I have always said this from anybody that will ask. When it comes to Bat All-Star Batman, it is the most beautifully drawn, terrible story that is out there for Batman. Oh, yeah. And that is a Frank Miller project. And, uh, yeah, I can't read anything else he really does. Um, I respect him. I don't agree with Tom King that he's, you know, his controversial opinion is that Frank Miller should be part of the Batman legacy and be credited on everything because he did so much for the character. I don't agree with that statement. But, um, and I love you, Tom King, but I just don't agree with that. Uh, But, you know what? It's, it just, unfortunately, and me and Clay were talking about this too, it's weird that some creators that are like, especially, I guess, just legends in this industry, as they get older, their storytelling gets just worse. And I don't know if that's because they're just, they don't try to progress with the times and they just want to stay with where they were at. Or if they are losing it, you know, as you get older, because our bodies do deteriorate, so do our minds as we get older. And maybe that's part of the problem. But we had this discussion because we were talking about Bendis today, like, you know, Clay normally brings up every time Bendis <laughs> drops something. Uh, but I we talked about Warren Ellis because that's Batman's grave. And I was like, dude, somebody who we've been ranting and raving about all year since his book came out was John Carpenter's The Joker for Year of the Villain. We absolutely love that book. And I was like, how old is John Carpenter? And he's in his 70s. Yeah, he's and 72. And he popped out... Yeah, he popped out one of the best Joker books that I have read in the past few years, and there's been a shitload of them. Like, yeah. everything Black Label is basically Joker-based. So for him to come out and do a one-shot of the Joker in his 70s shows that there are just some writers out there that know how to write and others that, yeah, I guess, they're not like wine. They get worse as they get older. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this was just very interesting, but... The Golden Child something out there for you to read if you want to. Um, I think it's interesting to bring in. I always wanted to know this because I know like likeness raw rules or likeness laws or whatever are things that exist. So it always blows my mind when they're able to use somebody like Trump in a book. But I think it's because he's the president that he loses that right. I don't really know how that works. That's kind of awesome. Yeah, because if you go back and look at comics, I mean, Marvel did it, Obama was in everything, and, like, DC did it, and it feels like a lot of presidents are always... I mean, we have that one uh, old-school Captain America story that he, like, killed Nixon or some shit. Like, that's the rumor that he was, like, chasing a bad-hooded guy, and it turns out to be the president. uh, uh, Bill Clinton has been a part of Marvel Comics, and he did a very memorable speech for Superman's death at his funeral. So... Presidents, you know, make cameos in these uh, yeah. in these universes like frequently, and I think it does bring a little bit more uh, to the story and for the times. So yeah, for sure. So um, that I think that's interesting. I mean, I'm, you know, whether you like the guy or not, I always find it interesting to see presidents being pulled into comic books because it does make it a little bit more interesting if you're into that kind of stuff. Um, but you know, unfortunately, I just wasn't into this book or didn't look like I was going to be into this book. Uh, but anyways, 
uh, going from that to uh, Batman Outsiders real quick, nothing really happened in that book. So, um, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Uh, you guys can go check that out. It, there's like a little bit of a romance starting to happen between Black Adam and Black Adam, Black Lightning and um, Katana. Katana. Uh, so that's happening. This actually did confirm that the current Outsiders is post Alfred's death and post Bane and everything. Because, you know, Batman admitted that he's going through some stuff and he needs the Outsiders to really help him. Um, And then we, yeah, so that's happening in that. And that, um, because everybody was kind of questioning, like, why doesn't Batman just deal with this shit? And so Black Lightning was kind of like, you know, dude, I know you're going through some stuff. Like, if you need my help, blah, 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 like, I'm here for you. And um, uh, what's his name? Freaking Duke doesn't have his powers anymore. Like, he doesn't see light anymore. He sees darkness. So, like, his powers are, like, dark, like freaking black smoke and shit which is interesting to see if he'll become a villain or if that's going to affect him in any way and he doesn't want to tell batman cassandra's like we'll figure this out together and uh, so i don't know what kind of relationship they're building there and then there's a new character that is i guess batman's kind of going to be his new protege which is a latina character which i'm forgetting her name right now but she was taken by rachel ghoul and batman's like no i'm not going to let you fall into that pit like we're gonna we're gonna save you and um, so the book has some interesting, I love the new character. Like, I think she has a badass suit and I'm interested to see like, you know, if she is going to be a Batman character in the future. But I feel like every time somebody brings a cool female character into the Batman family, they never get used again. I mean, we haven't seen Blue Jay in since Snyder's run ended on Batman, For which sure. is unfortunate. And uh, so um, I'm glad that Brian Hill tried to bring in another badass female. And like I said, I think her suit looks awesome. I would love to see her in more books, especially. Like I said, there's not too many Latino Latino characters out there. So, of course, I want to see more of that. But uh, other than that, not really much is happening in that book. And it hasn't happened in a while. Um, But, yeah. So going on from there, we're going to jump over to Detective. Something that we haven't been very upbeat on recently in the last few podcasts that we've talked about detective this is detective 1017 but it is not by peter tomasi it is by uh peter tomasi right that's his first name yeah or am i getting that confused yeah um tomasi it's not by him it's actually by um tom taylor taylor there you go yeah uh, don't, one of the many don't toms. Get, yeah, yeah you know the big the the funny thing is that yeah. uh tom king and tom taylor always get uh switched by fans yeah, uh, but this was very much a you know Mark said it on this morning on Comic Book Legion podcast. This mm-hmm. is very much an annual, like a yeah. random issue, one hundred one shot that I hope gets touched up upon if Tom Taylor yeah. is to come on to Detective at some point. Uh, yeah. But it has to deal with uh, his mother's orphanage that is named mm-hmm. after her, and Tom Taylor really does this really cool thing uh in his books whether it be in friendly neighborhood spider-man x23 or this detective comics he likes to bring in a scene where it really gets you connected to what the story is about and so he reminds you in the very beginning of this story that this was something very important to martha to go to these orphanages and to show these kids that they are loved and they uh do have worth and that you know, the Wayne family is going to be there for them. And so, you know, we see, you know, jumping to the present day where Bruce has grown up, he is Batman. We see a kid running away from the orphanage Mm -hmm. and, you know, 
uh, the person that is uh, in charge of that orphan, well, not even in charge of that orphanage, uh, Lucius Fox actually comes to Batman and says, hey, yeah. there is something that's going on in this orphanage. This kid is missing. You need to help him out. And Bruce yeah. is like, well, you know, orphanages lose kids all the time. What's mm-hmm. so different about this? Well, this is the third kid that has gone missing with yeah. so many, you know, within so much time. Mm-hmm. And I think it's smart for you to go as Bruce Wayne and not Batman. It is your own orphanage, by the way. And so Bruce Wayne yep. makes an appearance, you know, brings in all of this, you know, science technology to put in a new wing for the orphanage. Mm-hmm. He also brings ice cream, you know, kind of butter up the kids or whatever. And, yeah. you know, he tr- he starts to investigate a little bit as Bruce, asking questions. Doesn't really get much. So he asks for the help of Damien, of Robin. And this is yeah. where it got a little weird for both me and Juice. Yeah. You know, we see Damien as really two different characters whenever it comes to writers in the DC universe. We either see the very respectful, you know, just stoic Robin that wants to be a better Batman than Batman sometimes, or yeah. we get the jerk. And mm-hmm. this was a little bit of the jerk, but we yeah. haven't seen jerky damien in a while so it yeah. felt a little but off. it wasn't even like good jerky in miami and yeah. you know you know and uh i thought that was a well, was kind of weird because i have always thought like damien's a douche like for the <laughs> most part but then i started reading stuff like the tim seeley when he was connecting with you know uh, catwoman and yeah and grayson and stuff like that and the same thing is tom king has actually turned me more onto damien because he's been involved in some of the early stuff before the wedding and stuff like that i thought that was really interesting and i was like okay you know what i actually kind of like damien and it's pretty cool but for the most part he was always kind of a dick and uh but you get used to it too you're just like okay that's just his personality and then i started reading super sons and he had that personality too but John was this very, like, upbeat, like, oh, come on, Damien, let's go do this. And he's like, oh, you're so blah, 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 and this and that. And, you know, it fit very well. So I got to like his character over time. But, yeah, the dialogue here was really weird, and so was Batman's. Like, he wasn't very stoic, and he was kind of asking questions, like, that were kind of weird. Like, when he was talking to Lucius. Yeah. And uh, it just seemed like, I don't know, I've always said that Batman's answers are always short and straight to the point. Like, he mm-hmm. usually doesn't give you extra bullshit. Now yeah. he gives you the extra bullshit when he's when you're reading his thoughts, like you'll get all that information there, but that makes him good cuz it makes him seem like he's calculated and he's going through like why everything matters. That makes sense, but he doesn't explain stuff to people very well. Yeah. And it's what a lot of people hate about him. They're like you always got secrets, you always got this, like you don't tell us about anything. And it's because he chooses not to because the less people know, the more he can protect them or whatever. And you can get into that argument if it's good or bad, but it's usually how Batman works. And in this issue, it was just kind of weird. I like yeah. the story. The, yeah. I mean, and, I like know, the concept. You know, he, he basically tells Damien, hey, I still have to take care of Gotham, but can you do mm-hmm. this one mission for me? Find this yeah. child. And it does This is take, post-Alfred too, though. Yeah. It like, does so... take, you know, two to three weeks, I think, but he finally yeah. finds him. And, you know, Batman has to rush to get him because they did find him in the middle of the snow. Uh, mm-hmm. And he is dying of hypothermia. So Batman is trying to take him to the hospital and he gets a little bit more information from the kid. But at this point you start getting the heartfelt Damien and mm-hmm. really somebody who is concerned for somebody's life. And, yeah. but unfortunately the child dies. Well, he had know. the Superman line before that. 
Yes, yes. I yeah. think that was probably my favorite line of the entire issue is, you know, this kid says uh, something around the, in the realm of like, oh, uh, you're Batman. But, you know, to be honest, my favorite superhero is Superman. And yeah. then even Batman looks at him and says, you know what? Me too. And I yeah, thought he says, that was I'll awesome. let you in on a secret. Yeah, he's like, I'll let you in on a secret. Too. He's mine too. That yeah. was an awesome line. I absolutely loved it. And it shows, you know, that... Uh, you know the relationship that Bruce and Clark have yeah so I I really enjoyed that unfortunately the child dies Bruce is very pissed off about it but Mm -hmm. it gets him to the point of where he needs to be in his mindset and he figures it out he figures it out that this gentleman that is running the orphanage has something to deal with it so he goes up to the orphanage the next day and he questions him and he tells him hey I know you're involved the police Mm -hmm. are already coming the guy is like, oh, but I, uh, but, uh, uh, and then Bruce freaking stalks him right yeah. in the face. And then, you know, the issue's over, you know? Yeah. And it does say like several weeks later and they're like renewing the orphanage mm-hmm. with a new wing and everything else under new management, blah, blah, blah. But this is a story that I would like to continue if Tom Taylor is up for coming yeah. back. And usually with these one shots, with the annuals, DC usually has a different writer writing them to see mm-hmm. if they would be good for that story or for that title. Yeah. Um, Tom Taylor has done an annual for Batman. Now he's done a semi-annual or one-shot uh, for Detective. I really hope he's on a Batman book soon. Yeah, I think he would be great. I flat out asked him if he was going to be the next Batman writer, and he was like, no. And he was like, they wouldn't even tell me if I was. So um, that was interesting. But, I mean, he is a really good writer. If you haven't read Deceased, it was amazing up until the ending. We thought it felt a little flat, but yeah. it was amazing up until that. And I I, th- I do think he is a phenomenal writer. Like, his one shot of that was basically called Father's Day, that was all about Alfred, was amazing. Um, the one shots are actually some of the better stories that you'll get out of writers because they're extended. They're usually about 48 pages, and uh, they're just solid, heartfelt stories most of the time. And yeah. the Batman ones have been really good these last previous years. Um, so, yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, one thing I will point out, too, about the whole, like, you know, Batman saying, like, Superman's my favorite, too, is I think a lot of people forget that Batman has compassion, like, a lot of compassion. And some of the most heartfelt things that have happened in Batman are when he is actually showing that compassion because he's not somebody that does that a lot. So when yeah. you actually see it, you're just like, oh, shit, like, that that's rough. Uh, one point, case in point is everybody always points to that animated episode where the uh, that young girl is dying oh. on the swings, and she's yes. like, "Can you just the, wait uh, with the me?" Royal and Flush Gang. Yeah, he, she just asks like, "Can you wait with me until the end?" And he's like, "Sure." And he's just like holding her hand on a swing. Like everybody's like, "Oh my god!" Like, do you, you know, know? Do you know what her her like pseudo name was for the? Royal Flush game. Wasn't it like Spade or something like that? No, it or... was Ace. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And like that's why and that's why yeah. his dog's name is Ace in the yeah. animated series. So um yeah, it was uh it was really good. Like that was a solid, solid freaking story. And I think that's what a lot of people fit like forget. Everybody forgets that Batman actually has emotions, he just covers them up and hides them. And I think that's another reason why a lot of people don't like King's Run at times, because he does actually show a little bit more emotion than people are used to. Um, but I've always enjoyed it cause I feel like it's, it's just different, but yeah. So that was detective 1017. Uh, it will be back to Tomasi after this issue and, um, hoping we'll get some good stuff. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. But the final issue we're going to talk about today is a story that is really good. Um, that has been good so far, uh, is curse of the white knight. 
and that has been pretty solid. Clay, uh, what did you think of this issue? This issue was insane. You know, with the ending that we had, uh, we yeah. will get to that soon. But just the fact that, you know, we get to see that, you know, with the a little bit of aftermath of, you know, with, uh, I can't remember his name, Commissioner Gordon's funeral yeah. at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, we get that almost like Jim Gordon, uh, uh, the, the speech from the yeah. Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. But we get that through this reporter with Commissioner Gordon. Commissioner Gordon in this series was basically the White Knight. And yeah. was basically shown as this person that brought, you know, people smiles and could make a better Gotham and that he was going to attempt to do that with being mayor and all these different things. And it was really heartfelt. And mm-hmm. we see and confirmed that Barbara is paralyzed. She's in a wheelchair yep. now. But Bruce wasn't at the funeral. funeral. And we see him scuba diving uh, and he sees like an old uh, grave of St. Dumas and you know he starts to connect the dots he goes mm-hmm. back to the GCPD talks to both uh, Renee and uh, Bullock, Bullock with Renee? Nightwing talking about the history of St. Dumas and the history of the Waynes and how all of this connects and yeah. why Azrael is attempting to do this mm-hmm. and you know, he has to find out a little bit more information on what was written in the on that wall where the Joker was born. And he needs to get that information from Joker, from Jack Napier. But the only way to do that is with Harley Quinn. Harley goes there with her children to try to talk to Jack Napier. Joker yeah. isn't having it. He's laughing it all up. And then she's like, fine. Well, Jack, if you're in there, just know that I love you. And she walks away, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, Jack Napier comes out of nowhere and says, I yeah. love you, too. And I was like, holy crap. Like, I thought we would never see this guy again. Yeah. But he does, in fact, talk to Harley. And just how Joker sees whatever Jack Napier does, mm-hmm. Harley thought it could work in the exact same way, but the opposite, of course. And so Jack yeah. Napier is like, oh, I remember the flaming sword. It was at that church with the big glass and blah, blah, blah. And he sees the writing on the wall where the Joker mm-hmm. was born. He tells Harley, we don't get to see it because he says, don't tell Batman because it will destroy him. Yeah. Now, in the midst of this, um, we also see that GCPD is learning about Azrael, learning about mm-hmm. his, his, his two friends that help him out and how the history of what they have as far as military. And that yeah. uh, uh, Azriel, uh, John Paul, uh, has cancer, terminal cancer. Mm-hmm. And so they're trying to connect the dots and, like, why is he trying to do this? Um, we see that Amanda Waller-esque character, Ruth, yeah, talking to Azriel and, you know, trying to negotiate her power. It's not really working out for Azriel, and he's like, you know what, I'm just going to kill you. And she's like, well, I'm going to kill you first. And yeah. she brings in Bane. Bane is kicking the shit out of Azrael, but then all of a sudden Azrael has a little bit of help from his friends, gets that you know venom plug out of his head, yeah. And Azrael takes the great opportunity to slice off fucking brain like Bane's head, yeah, and straight that, up decapitated. That was straight like oh my god. That was when yeah. I was like oh shit. 
That wasn't you know? even the craziest thing that happened in this issue, though. Yeah, no, the craziest thing that happened in this <laughs> issue was what happens next. After yeah. Bruce and Harley leave New Arkham, mm-hmm. you see a guard kind of like laying down. You think he's sleeping on the job, but it zooms in. You see that blood is coming out of his mouth, and you start to see every single Gotham villain get slaughtered. Yeah. Immediately. Mm-hmm. and joker's just laughing it up and he says oh it, i guess you know the guards let you win and he said of course they did and this is Azrael speaking and he says yeah. because i'm batman and you see him in the awesome Azrael, like freaking bat suit and it looks terrifying yeah, and if you're curious on why he did that, when he was actually talking to the Amanda Waller-esque character, she says we're the reason why they're they're cutting ties. She's like, we can't work with you anymore. Like you were supposed to be the new Batman that people could enjoy, people could trust, and you can't do that anymore when you're going off crazy, killing a bunch of people. And so that's why they got into it. And she had a new bat suit there for him to take over. And so now he's wearing the bat suit. I believe the next issue is the final issue. Right, I don't know because I think this was five, and I think there was only going to be six. There was only going to be six. Now the first series had eight. I'm not sure if this will be the same. I feel like it should end the next issue. To be honest, like just with the stories going this way, I think it should end personally. Um, But uh, so yeah, the this issue, the series has been good. I mean, we have mentioned that. Uh, we do believe that um, Sean Murphy has retconned the end of freaking uh, White Knight because it ended with Batman saying that he liked the violence, that he liked the craziness of beating up people, and we haven't heard one reference to that at And the all. only person that he told that to was is Gordon. now dead. Yeah. So uh, we do think that that is retconned. He is making volume three. He has teased that, that he is going to be making, I guess, you know, whatever it's going to be called. It's going to be, you know, Curse of the White Knight or uh, he has or already whatever. He's already titled it. He's writing the first draft now, I believe. Okay. It's on his so, Instagram. So, um, as Clay gets that, he'll, I'll look that up. But, um, yeah, so I personally think after he just slaughtered half of Batman's villains, his next volume three or whatever it's going to be has to be the final one. I think it's going to end after that because unless he's going to make a whole bunch of new characters... He just murdered half of his villains. So I don't know where he would go from here. Um, the one thing I will say about this series or something that, you know, Murphy does do a lot. I don't like the changing between Joker and Napier. I don't, I'm not a fan of that. I prefer him to be looking like Napier. Like, I don't like that he changes to white skin and a green hair and all that stuff. Like, it's just really weird in my opinion. I yeah. prefer him to act like the Joker with the face of Napier. You know what I mean? I would prefer that more. Um, or so he should have just... the title of Volume 3 is Batman Beyond the White Knight. Ah, is it going to be a Batman Beyond-esque thing? I'm not a fan of that. I really hope not. Um, I really hope Batman doesn't die here or something at the end of this one, and then it's going to be him old, or maybe it's going to be old Batman in a One of the suit. twins is Batman's. Oh, God. And he's fighting his brother. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I would hate that. Um, oh, my God. He got cheated with it with Harley. Yeah, that would, right? One's Bruce's and one's Joker's. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> uh, that would be some shit. Um, but... 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is a story I have been enjoying. I'm not going to lie about that. It's I do like the the idea of Sean Murphy saying that if somebody dies in his book, they stay dead. I like that because you don't see that a lot in comic books. And this is the Murphy verse, just like there is a Miller verse, and you know whatever. Some people think there's a Tom King verse, although that has been disbunked, that has been uh, debunked already, because um, that's all main continuity. Uh, I'm considering there being a Bendis verse. I don't consider any of that continuity, in my God, opinion. I hope so. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I like this. I just want to, if I had to be nitpicky about anything, I I don't like that the ending of White Knight has not been discussed at all. And I don't like, um, I just, I'm not a big fan of the Joker Napier thing, just being able to transform like that. I just think it's kind of weird. And I think it would look cooler if he was, looked like Napier or looked like the Joker talking like Napier. And I get he's probably just trying to do it visually so newer readers can understand that those are two different personalities. Um, But I do think that uh, sometimes you just gotta, you just kind of gotta do it the right way. And hopefully your audience is smart enough to get that. You know what I mean? Give people some faith. You know, you don't got to talk down to everybody or make everything simplistic for readers. But uh, yeah, I've, I enjoyed it. Um, and I'm interested to see where this is going to go. Uh, because obviously Barbara's not going to like Bruce anymore. Uh, she kind of mentioned it here, like, you're a coward because he didn't show up to the funeral. And um, she's probably going to hate him for forever. And I'm still waiting to see fucking Dick Grayson do something in this series. Because he hasn't done a damn thing in the first book or the second book. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, But that's pretty much it for this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We don't really have anything else to say when it comes to these books. Uh, Clay, don't know if you got any uh, final thoughts? Um, not really. I mean, I think we talked about everything in these two two specific books. They were great books. Uh, But, yeah, I think we're good to go. Yeah, so we, we do want to kind of make some announcements right now. One, uh, I'm going to say keep an eye out for my YouTube channel and my uh, Instagram because I'm going to be dropping some Bat from the Box pins in the next week or so uh, to raise money for my comic book. If you guys don't know that, I am writing a comic book. But they're expensive as fuck. So <laughs> yes, I'm trying are. to uh, build the revenue to actually pay the artist, is, which is going to be one of the biggest things. I'm trying to make this as professional as possible, so I'm more than likely to be getting a letter or two. The comic book is written. Clay has read the comic book, and uh, I think it's pretty good to go into production, but, you know, artists usually need a month or two to make these kind of things. So I'm hoping that'll be something that comes out in 2020, but I need to start making money for it now, and so I'll be selling those pins. So definitely keep an eye out for that if you want to go ahead and pick one up and support. Um, that would be really awesome. But also, next week's podcast will more than likely be our final normal podcast where we talk about books and all the Batman news because the uh, final podcast of the year, which will be, you know, Batman News Weekly number 20, is going to be our top 10 Bat books of the year. Uh, It falls on Christmas, so we'll more than likely upload it on Christmas. It's the holidays. It's going to be kind of hard for us to record things because we'll be with families or whatever. So that will be our final issue, or our final episode of the year, which will be a Batman Top 10 list of our 10 favorite issues. So next week, I will say, it is a big week, though, because Doomsday Clock is coming out, and Batman Batman 85, 85. which is the final Tom King issue on the main Batman title. So definitely come back and listen to those, because we will be covering both of those issues very heavily, because it is the end of Doomsday Clock. So Batman should have a big part in that, hopefully. Because he's been a part of the story. The last time we saw him, he was getting jumped by a whole army when he was trying to stop a nuclear launch. 
So uh, it'll be really interesting to see what Jeff Johns has planned for the Cape Crusader. And uh, hopefully some three Jokers news happening because, like, that should be dropping pretty soon. Uh, but anyways, hopefully we get that before the end of the year. But anyways, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you have an intro for this freaking podcast, let us know an outro, I should say. Because I always say Daily Dose of Juice, but it's kind of weird. It just doesn't fit, in my opinion. Because uh, I, I do say I am Juice Wayne. He is Fanboy Clay. And then I just say, if you haven't had your Daily Dose of Juice, blah, blah, blah. It just doesn't fit for some reason. If you have a good Batman outro, leave it in the comments. Oh, yeah. Let's see how creative you are. We'll try to come up with a new outro. But as always, ladies and gentlemen... I'm your host, Juice Wayne. He is Fanboy Clay. When you wake up in the morning, ask yourself something about my daily dose of juice. See you guys next time.